We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Don't say heard. That's not proper. Some, somebody said I heard somebody say heard, and so uh, let's don't do that. Just go tell the rest of the family it's, it's dinner time. Amen. Let's stand together and give the Lord a big hand clap. It's Sunday morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to have to talk uh, fast today. And uh, Brother Beckham reminded me of that when I sent my scripture list to him. And uh, so uh, it has been, this is kind of remarkable to me, it has been five years this fall. I wrote a series uh, in 2006 called "Who Is God? Who Is Jesus?" One of the one of the greatest misunderstandings, misconceptions, misreadings in all the history of the spiritual world since the beginning of humanity is people don't really know who Jesus is. People go to church, they call themselves Christians, they don't really know who Jesus is. And so, whether it'll be three Sunday mornings in a row, or whether it'll be Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, I don't know. Uh, But we just need to have the weapons to know who Jesus really is. We live in a world that knows where they stand, why they stand there. And they've got all their personal data to back it up. And so we just need to know who Jesus is. And so some of you that know already and you've heard, then you're a prime candidate to help me teach. And uh, to the rest of us, maybe there will be a little something. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. You're an awesome God. You're an on-time God. You're a never-failing God, ever-present. Lord, we thank you that your word is infallible and it's forever perfect. It's forever settled. Lord, I just ask you for understanding today. Bring revelation to this place. Lord, we know that your word said we'd be hated in the end time by all men because of your name. But Lord, we really need to know who you are today. We need to continue to be reminded who you are. And we're going to talk about that. Just ask you to bless us, touch us, and just move on us with a special anointing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord Jesus a hand clap together. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I love the way the Lord verifies uh, a lot of uh, a lot of His process. Uh, I had been studying, bringing this thought back to my mind. It was going to be something every Sunday morning in September. Things changed. Plans changed, and. Uh, Never, never did get to the beginning of it, and there is a new converts class that's starting in October. It'll be four or five weeks long, and uh, Brother Rodney said to me, he said, hey, there's some of that Bible study that I really wish you would teach your series before then. I said, brother, it's funny. I've already got that on a schedule for, for, for the month of September during prayer and fasting, so nothing else was said about it. A couple weeks went by, and I'm still studying, thinking on this. And I had a family call me, an entire family on speakerphone, uh, just like that. And I said, hello. And uh, <laughs> I mean, 
I said, whoever that was, thank you. Don't be embarrassed. I said, hello. And uh, they said, Pastor, we're just all messed up. Just want you to know the whole family's here and we're recording everything you say. Amen. Quit calling each other now. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I get it. I've done that. So, uh, in any event, they called and uh, said a family member uh, went to church and was taught some things and uh, and immediately it didn't settle right with me. And we went through this entire thing just a couple days ago. And so it's just awesome uh, how the Lord works. So I just want to go with you. It's six minutes after 10, and I'm going to do my best. And I hope that you can listen fast. But we're going to talk about who is God, who is Jesus. The oldest trick in the history of of mankind is that of deception, a trick being uh, deception or illusion. It started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It started right there. They were deceived into believing that what the Lord had said really wasn't true and uh, a loving God in some kind of way they were convinced that uh, he would never uh, judge. And so there the, the enemy deceived Eve and, and Adam. We put all the pressure on Adam, but he was right there, knew what happened, followed along, joined in with the game of the enemy. And so uh, an all-knowing, all-wise God starts to have everything written down about his history and about his future. Ever since that time, Satan has always challenged people with the question, is God real? I've watched many people get caught in a corner. Somebody say, oh, you believe in God? Yes. Why do you believe in God? Well, this is why I believe in God. Oh, so he's, he's just a feeling. You know, and you can preach for a month and make somebody that don't want to know. You, 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 you can't help somebody that don't want to know. If you're blocked out, you're not, you're not going to accomplish anything. But it's, a, it's an old trick of deception. And ever since that time, Satan has challenged people. Uh, does God really have power? Does he really have authority? Is, is he spirit? Did he become flesh? Does his spirit really live in people? What are his abilities? What are his limitations? And so uh, uh, the enemy sent a very powerful man at the right time. You know, it's interesting how the enemy... Although he don't know what we think, he's not omnipresent, he's not omniscient, he's, he, he's not a, an all-knowing creature by any uh, stroke of the imagination. He just puts a trap out. He knows our daily journey, he knows our daily routines, he watches, he does what he can, and he sets a trap and he hopes that we step in it, fall in it, whatever. And so uh, he, he laid a trap. And that trap laid there for a long time until the ruler of the Roman Empire, whose name was Constantine, he ruled from 308 A.D. to 347 A.D. over all of the Roman Empire. And he came to the conclusion in 323 A.D. that really blew the Christian world, I mean 300 years after Christ, really really just blew uh, the theology and ideology of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, the way people prayed, the way people were baptized, just all these types of things. It just threw all of that uh, out of balance and into pieces. And 
The enemy caused confusion and deception in the mind of this very, very powerful president, prime minister, world leader, uh, whatever you would call him today. And he brought a, a misunderstanding that this man had the power and the ability to institute this misunderstanding as law over an entire nation. And so uh, it was done by a, a scripture, a verse that was read and totally misunderstood. And so uh, I want to I make sure you don't bail out on me uh, after one lesson because we will not conclude for certain and uh, it'll take a couple of times, but I want you to hear this, and I love to be refreshed myself. I want to add to this study uh, a little bit uh, about who is God, who is Jesus, uh, what is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. Does it affect me today? Is it relevant? Do I have to have it to go to heaven? Do I need it? Is it important? All right, so these are all fair Questions, uh, uh, are there three separate beings? We hear a whole lot about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so we know that, we know that they exist. But in what form? In what way do they exist? Is there a trinity? Is there a holy trinity? We hear a lot of, it's not in Bible anywhere. The word's not even there. The word trinity's not in scripture. And so uh, we're going to just talk about some of these things. Are, are they different? Is the... Father different from the Son? Is the Son different from the Spirit? Is the Spirit what leads and guides? What, what is it? How do these things apply to my, to my life? These are some of the questions. Which one do I pray to? Come on. Watch. Which one's going to be sitting on the throne? Who's coming back after his people? Who's going to cause the trumpet to sound? Which one will judge me? So we're going to just talk about this, about this. So it's 323, Constantine, his mind is blown. Uh, he becomes an adversary of truth. He becomes confused, not only because he, he sees something that's wrong, but in that day in time, or he sees something he thinks is wrong, but in that day in time, such was even the spiritual people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. One of the reasons they did not like Jesus is because they were the highest authority with a name. All right, and so the Pharisees didn't like the fact that there was a man with more spiritual authority than them. The modern priests didn't like that. They, they were totally against it. It's why in part that he was rejected and refused by the Jews. But what intrigues me a bit about this and really jumps out at most people and confuses us a lot is that what we're going to talk about that confused Constantine comes directly out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. He takes these words and he twists them and we'll read them in just a little bit. Some, some may ask, uh, uh, what was he involved in to cause such deception? All you have to do is not be sold out to what you know, to what you believe, and what you've experienced to be deceived. You can have one foot in, one foot out, and be deceived. You can have two feet barely in and be deceived. That's why when we talk about getting in the church, we're not talking about the hokey pokey. We're talking about getting all the way in the circle. All the way where there's layers of protection. 
between you. The word that really comes down to what happened in this study is a word that people don't like to say, but it's a scriptural word, it's a biblical word, and it matters more to us in 2023 than ever in the life of humanity, in my, in my opinion. The Bible warns us of those that would pervert the gospel, that would pervert the word of God. And uh, the, the word to be perverted in this particular biblical setting, its meaning is to change something into something that it's not. It also means to be twisted. And then there was one more thing that I came across in uh, time that I'll probably refer to several times. It means to change, to reverse, to turn around, overthrow, or, listen to this, retire. You can pervert the gospel by simply not preaching it. You can pervert your walk by not praying. All right? We, we can twist it just simply by not tending to it. Oh, that's why prayer is important. That's why being in church is important. It's, 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 it's important. So I want to just establish a few things in the Old Testament. I want to make some comparisons to the New Testament. This won't be quite as in-depth as uh, the next two lessons, but it'll give us quite a start to cause us to, uh, to really uh, double-check and, and have, have ammunition in our pocket because this call that I received the other day was the entire family sitting around and I began to tell them uh, scripture and verse and going through this. And the lady that called me said, I've got that marked in my Bible. I've got that marked in my Bible. I've got a date marked in my Bible. I heard this. This is why it checked me. So if all these years later, this message still changes the future of a whole family, we need to keep teaching it. We need to keep on teaching it. If it's just for one person, we need to keep on teaching it. Jeremiah 23 and 26. Now, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of time. If you're a fast looker, okay, but we're going to be moving here today. You may just write it down or, or go back and listen later. Jeremiah 23 and 36. And the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more. For every man's word shall be his burden. For ye have perverted the words of the living God. Of the Lord of hosts, our God. Galatians 1, 6 through 7. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. Did you hear what he just said? The apostle Paul said, there is not another gospel except what you've been taught. What had they been taught? Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, holiness, purity, righteousness, separation, and truth. That's what they'd been taught. And Paul says, I am shocked that this quick y'all are removed from that. There's not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel. So I'm going to read to you uh, the scripture that challenged Constantine and caused his mind to be perverted towards the gospel, caused his writers to be uh, perverted, and they come back with a suggestion and uh, history tells us that he implemented this as absolute law. And here it is, found in Matthew 28, 17 through 20. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. This is right after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. 
And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That ought to say something to you right there. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I, I, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So when you have a guy who doesn't like any name above his and he's got the power to send out his scholars and his people that are supposed to be uh, biblically sound and principled and you say, go find out there's another way, there's something different, something's changing, there's something about this. First, I want to say that a man with such an education as Constantine and the leadership and people skills to run an entire uh, empire could not have been so easily deceived except the adversary of his soul deceive him. Watch this right here. Just like we've already said it, Adam and Eve and billions of smart yet eternally unwise people since that they choose to not understand God's word. We say today, well, we would never have anything else like that happen. It happens every day. People's lifestyles, they take the Bible, they make it fit their agenda. They make it fit their life, the way they want to live, the way they want to walk, talk, act, look, places they go, the things they say, their attendance, their support, their love, their kindness, their backbiting, their arguing and bickering. They, they say, but well, it's okay because... That's perverting the scripture. It's, it's, that's twisting the scripture. So I just want to tell you that Constantine was the first Roman emperor to stop the persecution of Christians in Rome. It's interesting. And eventually bring Christianity as the religion of the Roman Empire. However, he would do it on his terms with his understanding. And so here's where we are. There's many people all over this world trying to push their agenda. But if we just follow this book and have an understanding. Yeah. So uh, Saul that eventually turned into Paul is one to consider. He thought he was doing the right thing killing the Christians. His mind was twisted. He was perverted to the day. He, he was twisted. He was changed. And he thought that he was doing the right thing by destroying the Christians in the beginning. And then the Lord got a hold of him and, 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 and struck him with blindness. And uh, life began to change for Saul. And he became Paul and wrote 13 books of the New Testament. So the first question one would ask is, uh, is do I believe in the Father? How many of you believe in the Father? I do. How many of you believe in the Son? I do. How many of you believe in the Holy Ghost? I do. Absolutely. The answer to all of that is absolutely. How many of you believe in the Rose of Sharon? Have you ever prayed to that? Why? Because it ain't a name. How many of you believe in a bright morning star? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, first, last. Cornerstone, door, nail. Just, well, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll go into all that. But I've never heard anybody say, oh, nail, touch. Come on. 
But a title is a title is a title. I'm a father and I'm a son. The Bible said we're made up of three parts, part of its spirit. My new spirit's the Holy Ghost. I could stand here in effect and say, I am father, I am son, I am Holy Ghost. All right, well, that's all right, we're good. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou hast loved the Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine eyes, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. I can explain that. I don't have time. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. The Lord is saying, whatever you do, put it on a necklace, put it on a headdress, put it on the doorpost, write it in blood, write it in stone, whatever you got to do, don't ever forget there's one Lord. One, there was none before me, and there will be none after me, saith the unseen God of the Old Testament. Uh, this frontlet, just real quick, is just a little small box with some writings, and uh, it was put on a headband. It would look similar to a, a sweatband. If you ever see them ladies that uh, are depicting the old times with that, that's what that is. And the Lord said, you write it right there. Make sure it's close to your mind. Make sure it's close to your eye. Read it every day. There's one God. The doorpost meant just that at the entry of every door and at the exit of every gate. Make sure that your children, your city, your people never forget God is one. One. Before they were five years old, they knew the song. We teach ABCs. We teach the, uh, uh, the uh, American Pledge of Allegiance. We teach a lot of things still yet in some of our schools. But here's what they learned by the time they were five years old. They could sing the song, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And it's the greatest deception in the history. It's what divides and it's what conquers. Why is a lot of people will not be persecuted in the end of time because of their beliefs? Why is it that it seems easier for those people to live that way? Those are not people of the name. They believe in the name. It's interesting. They'll pray in the name. Oh, let's, 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 let's just move along right here. Malachi 2 and 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Why are we debating? Why is it even up for debate and argument? That There's one. Why, why is it a question? Prophet Malachi is just saying it's not worth debating. It's a fact. I want to just tell you something. I'll talk to a lot of people about a lot of things. We can talk about standard of living. We can talk about what to say, what to go, what to take into your body. We can talk about what may be best for you uh, as far if you come to me and say, Pastor, I feel this way about the way I've been living, where I've been going, the way I've been dressing, the way I've been acting, what, what I've been doing. And we'll talk about all of that, and some of that may be debatable. It may be debatable. Some of it may be tradition of men. Some of it. 
And we'll we just have to talk to see what that sum may be. But here's what I'm going to tell you. There is no debate that there's one God. From Genesis to Revelation, how in the world did we get to a point? Watch this. The Bible does not specifically say a lot of things in black and white. So if you came to me and said, Pastor, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says not to smoke crack. You'd be 100% right. But that don't mean it's okay. There's other verses that lead us to know to be sober-minded. Come on, and about taking things into our body. There's a lot of things that we deal with today that, that, that the technology and the times, we, we, have to, we have to search out. That's for another message. I'll, I'll talk about a lot of things, but one God's not one of them. Isaiah 44, 6 through 8. Watch this. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people. He said, who else is there? Whoever, who, who could there ever be that could uh, set things in order but me? And the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Isaiah 45, 21. Tell ye and bring them near yea let them take counsel together who hath declared from ancient who hath declared from ancient time who hath told it from that time have not i the lord and there is no god else beside me a just god and a savior there is none beside me look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, and the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return. Here's what he's saying. I'm telling you there's one God. I said it, and I'll never take it back, and I'll never change it. Have not I said it, it's gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and it shall not return, that unto me every knee, this is the unseen Old Testament God, unto me every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess. <laughs> I'm already feeling good. Isaiah 46, 8 and 9. Remember this, and show yourselves, men. Bring it again to mine, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. We're establishing something here, folks. The Old Testament God thinks he's God. And he believes with everything in his eternal heart that there's never been one before him. There is none beside him. And an all-knowing God says there'll never be one after me. I've established it and won't take it back. Uh, woo. Uh, oh, I got to be careful right here. Now let's jump to Ephesians right here. Between seven and 800 years of Bible writing and catch another author. His name is Paul. It's Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all, through all and in you all. 
So all of a sudden, we got a New Testament guy that's following up with the experience of one God. So almost 800 years later, we're still concluding that there is one God. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one Father. There's one baptism. Jesus Christ has come and gone, and the statements are still the same. One God. We're fixed to run into some real serious confusion. But the Bible said that God's not the author of confusion. James 2.19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. I would hate to have it said of me someday I was dumber than the devil. The Bible says Satan knows there's one. And he trembles. I want to be smarter than the devil. Revelation 4, 1 through 2. Listen to this. After this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and three one the last book of God's holy Bible. In the end. So we know the beginning. And now we know the end. We just got to fill in the middle. One set on the throne. Somebody tell me how many set on the throne. So it's easy to explain uh, a lot of things, you know, there, there's, been, there's been people that, and then there's the question, you're already asking it. What does right hand of the Father mean? What was go to join the Father mean? Why did he cry out at baptism? What was the voice? We're going to cover all that, every bit of it, and you're going to have to refuse it when it's all over. Watch. Jesus maybe just realized that nobody could see the Holy Ghost anyway because it was a spirit, and maybe he just told God to, Go outside and just let me sit on the throne? I mean, would we believe that? No. And I say to you two other things. The Holy Ghost don't need a chair. The Old Testament spirit unseen God don't need a chair. The only one that could possibly need a throne... All right, let me carry on. Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold a virgin, the Lord. Behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Being interpreted in another passage. We'll get to that one. God with us. Isaiah 9 and 6, here we go. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. So Isaiah is saying that God is still yet to be born. What did he say he was going to be? He was going to be the son. Watch this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. There's God, there's Father, there's Prince of Peace. I just want to remind somebody right here 
that God said there's none before me, none beside me, and there will be none after me. No, I know not of one. And then right here, the same Bible, the same God, the same unseen spirit of the Old Testament said, I'm going to send flesh. And when you see that flesh, you'll be looking at the Almighty God. And you'll be looking at the Father, the Creator, the first and the last. You'll be looking at the very one. There was none before him, none beside him, and there will be none after him. Who was born of a virgin? Who is Jesus? Who is God? Uh, Micah 5 and 2 but thou Bethlehem Euphratah thou though thou be little among the thousands of Judah yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from old from everlasting here's a scripture that says there's going to be a child born who has always existed Did you, did you catch that? Did you get that? Is that what you got out of that scripture? Or is that just me? Let's jump down to John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, big W. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So somebody tell me this. The Word and God was one. Is that right? That's what this scripture says. The beginning is talking about right here is the exact same beginning you'll find in Genesis 1 and 1 where it says in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. That means before the earth when it was just void and dark and, and there was no form and darkness was across the earth and it was, just, it, was just a, it was a mess, it was a problem. That's the beginning. They say God did that. Watch this. But John 1 and 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning, something was already happening. We jump down to 1 and 14, and the Word was made flesh. And wait a minute, the Word was just God. What does that mean? That means God became flesh. He didn't send Jesus Jr. He didn't send God the second. The Bible said in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. Oh, I got to be Hebrew. I got to get to all these verses. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. They said we, we, we saw him as that. That gets serious right there. The Word was God and the Word was made flesh and came to live among us. Let me just ask you something. If Jesus is not God Almighty, like we've read so many times so far right here, if that is not talking about Jesus, somebody please introduce me to who else was born to a virgin child. Even give me a fairy tale that you've been reading that declares that, you're not going to find it. It's not there. It don't exist. John 1 and 10. Listen to this. He was in the world and the world was made by him. Jesus made the world? How? We thought he wasn't born. 
because he always was. He was the express image of the unseen God. He was a manifestation of the Old Testament unseen God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you who Jesus is. Jesus was God robed in the flesh. God was Jesus robed in the flesh. Uh, watch this right here. He was, yeah, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Who did the world not know? Who did the Jews reject? It's clearly talking about Jesus. Look at Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's clearly talking about God. Bible can't lie. God created the earth. So we need to know what the name of the father of creation is. When Constantine brought this great separation, he just simply confused people because they said, go baptizing them all in the name of the father. He's the father of creation, the son and redemption, the Holy Ghost in the church today, and his name is Jesus. He didn't say sprinkle them in 300 titles or three titles. He said baptize them. That means to be buried, fully submerged under Hodor. That's water. That's the same thing Jesus turned to wine. Hmm. Well, hallelujah. It's pretty clear to me. 8 and 23 through 24 of John. He said unto them, ye are from beneath. This is Jesus talking. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. This gets, this gets tough. Don't kill the messenger. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Folks, that right there is heavy. That's heavy right there. What, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. So what is he saying? Jesus said. Not the pastor, not Paul, not Peter, not Matthew, not Mark, Luke, John, not any of them. Jesus Christ himself made a statement. If you do not believe that I am he, you will die lost in your sins. That's pretty straightforward. My goodness, there's just a little. Hey, that's a miracle right there. Hallelujah. Talk about that later. So who is it that he is talking about? You shall die in your sins. That he's from, who's from above? God. Jesus states uh, that I'm from above. You're from beneath. So let's go to John 8 and 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was... Folks, I got... 340-something more verses to go before this thing's over. If you think you're sure now, just hang on. You've never been so sure. Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. You know what that tells me? That's the same I am that he told Moses when he said, When I go to Pharaoh and ask them, and they ask me who sent you, and he said, Tell them I am. Jesus is saying, So we got one or two things going on. We got a lot of confusion in heaven where God thinks he's in control or a lot of confusion on earth where Jesus thinks he's in control. 
and nobody knows what's going on or we've got an Old Testament unseen God and a New Testament God that's in the flesh that ended up pouring out his spirit in his name and ascending back to heaven. I choose to believe the latter. There's no way I could call this a road map to my eternity and think half of it's wrong and one of the three deities is lying. Somebody said that's strong. No, that's how the world sees it. John 14, 6 through 12. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father. Somebody said, all right, right there, what does that mean? He's talking about the Spirit. No man can make it into the spiritual realm unless they believe that I lived, died, hung sins on a cross, rose again, and sent that Spirit back. He said unto them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should know my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. The Old Testament said nobody's seen God. Jesus says in the New Testament, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it suffices. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me and doing the works. What's he saying? Flesh can't do these things, but the Spirit of the Almighty God that is bodily, all the power inside of me, is what you see the miracles. A man from Nazareth couldn't do this, but a God from Nazareth. Oh, he's covering all the bases right here. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall, do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. What's he saying? Father right here is where he comes from. It's the spirit realm. Before I go back into the unseen world. How many of you have been having church with Jesus sitting beside you lately? In the spirit, but nobody here has put their finger in his nail-scarred hand. Why? Because he's ascended back into a, a spiritual place. Oh, uh, watch this. He's explaining the fact that he's both flesh and spirit, both father of creation and creation. He's son in redemption and the redeemer. And soon he's going to be stating that he's the Holy Ghost to come. I have people quite often, it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it. I may be two or three minutes late. Don't hit the music on me, brother. Just help me this time. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on my last page right here. But somebody just, let me, let me just tell you something. A lot of times people will say, I just don't understand that. Okay. First Timothy 3.16 tried to cover that. And without controversy, without question, without debate, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Who preached to Gentiles? God. What was his name? Who ascended into heaven? 
God. What was his name? Gee, somebody needs to hear me right now. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is coming? Who was first? Who is last? There's none before him, none beside him. There'll be none after him. No, not one. I will not repent. I will not change my mind. He said, there will never be one come after me, another savior, but I. Then it gets down to that scripture that confused Constantine so bad. But it blessed him so much because as far as a name, it put him back in a place of authority. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the titles of? In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the, y'all know that's exactly how we baptize. <laughs> teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you all. Wait a minute. So let's stop on this thought right here even until the end of the world. Amen. Let's stop. Jesus left. So if he said I'm always going to be here and then he left, what would that be? It's hard to make yourself say that would be a lie, isn't it? Because you know you're talking about Jesus. But the Bible said he's not a man that he can lie. And so if Jesus said, I'm going to be with you always, that's from now to the very end, and then he left, either we have to suppose he didn't tell us the whole story or the whole truth, or he meant something totally different. And in the next study, we're going to find where he sent his spirit back. And that's how he's with us till the very end. Jesus can't lie. Hey, let's stand. He can't lie. That's that's the first 40 of 300 plus, almost 400 verses. But I want somebody to understand today. The world has their weapons. The world knows what they're doing. They'll try to convince you of everything. They'll have months to celebrate things. They'll have parties to celebrate things. There'll be certain situations. They'll know why they believe it. They'll have their lawyers on on standby, and they would have already paid them a retainer fee. They have them ready to go and debate and argue. The church needs to know what it believes. And then when you get asked a question... By somebody that's just trying to start their journey, we need to know why we believe it. And we need to be able to say, right here is why I believe this word from cover to cover. Before you leave, in case I don't see you again, just let me submit to this to you. This to you. Let me give it to you now. God cannot lie. He said he's first and last, none before him, none beside him, none after. Jesus can't lie. He said before Abraham was and before the foundation of the world, I am and I'm the Alpha and the Omega The beginning and the end, and I will forever be. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. Either there's a huge contradiction in heaven about who's in charge. Or Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's give him a great hand. I love you. You're the best. We'll have a good time at 11.